Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Today's reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment. This <laughs> now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, your God, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kids grow here. We believe that passing the Christian faith on to the next generation is crucial. We welcome and support families of all kinds to help kids of all ages build a faith that lasts. My name is Candace Sunblade, and I have been a member of Knox roughly 12 years. And I'm Matt Sunblade, and I have been here since I was two, so that was 1986. I don't remember, so 37 years. I'm Joe O'Brien, and I've been a member of Knox for seven years. My name is Kristen O'Brien, and I've been a member of Knox for about seven years. Our kids have grown here in a way that they feel like Knox is a second home. Um, all of the different people of all ages they look up to and they feel safe with, and it lets them, especially our oldest, ask questions, has, has the confidence to ask a question like, if God's not human, what is God? And really wants to pray every day and feel comfortable doing that. Um, and <clears throat> um, as her curiosity grows, that tells me she's paying attention and it's really um, becoming part of who, who she is. For me, my most meaningful experience of service have always been hands-on, either helping out in the nursery or teaching on Wednesday nights and seeing my kids go through the program as well. I've had great experiences with Sunday school and helping the kids grow and learn about Jesus and their own faith. For us, the biggest thing is the current programs that Knox has. Um, it, it's been vital to the kids learning more about Jesus and God and, again, being able to ask those questions and instill in them who they're going to be. They see kids and adults that are doing all of these different 
acts of service and speaking word and um, and they want to learn that and they want to be a part of that and I think that's going to be very crucial in not only their faith development but who they become as they grow and that's huge for us yeah um, I was just coming from behind the scenes a little bit just seeing all the work that's currently being done to really take things to the next level here for the kids has been really reassuring. Um, uh, I mean, even specifically this year, I know Aaron's trying all kinds of new things um, that just seem to really even grab at me as, as an adult and, and, and pull us in and just make things a lot more engaging. So um, it just kind of gives us confidence that things are going to stay in a good fashion around here. Continuing to pass the torch, the torch that was passed to us, and uh, being allowed to share that is a really special thing. I hope that my kids continue to grow at Knox and that we're part of helping future generations further develop their relationship with God. Good morning, everybody. My name is David Bruner. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, it is a joy to be with you this morning, as always. It's a joy to be with you because I love to preach and I love being with all of you. Um, it's also a joy because today, finally, I remembered to not stand up before that video played. I was 0 for 2 previous to this worship service, so I'm just delighted that I was actually able to do it today. So I'm so hardwired to just stand up and it's hard. We are in the middle of a sermon series looking at our new core values, the new set of values that uh, express who we are as a congregation and how we do things. And the value we're looking at today is about kids. It's called Kids Grow Here. And I'm going to tell you all about what that means and why it's so important to us. But before we do that, I want to read a passage of scripture. So let's pray together. Good and gracious God, our Father in heaven, we thank you for this hour of worship when we will hear the message of your holy scriptures. Send forth your Holy Spirit into this time and inspire us. Open our minds to understand your message. Open our hearts to take your message into, um, into our hearts. And open our hands that we would live out your message in this world. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture for today comes from the 19th chapter of Matthew's gospel. Then children were being brought to Jesus in order that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them, but Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So what does that passage from Matthew tell us? It's a story that might be familiar to many of you. Jesus takes children, he lays his hands on them in love, and he prays for them. He blesses them. Now this was something of a countercultural act in the ancient world. Back then, Jews and Gentiles frequently separated not only men and women during worship, but children and adults. They were in different places. 
Today, we tend to take for granted the idea of worshiping as a family. You got mom and dad and the kids and grandma and grandpa, and they're all in one row. They're all in their row. And heaven help you if you get in the way of a Presbyterian's designated row. That's probably why the disciples are trying to stop the parents from bringing, the, bringing their children to Jesus. They're thinking, no, 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 this isn't appropriate. You can't bring those kids over here. That's not how we do things. But Jesus challenges this idea. He makes time and space for kids. He allows children and adults to be together. He asks that God might pour out his blessing on them. And in so doing, he sets an example for the church to follow 2,000 years later, welcoming kids, investing in their faith. So as I said, the core value we're looking at this week is kids grow here. And it's spelled out like this. We believe that passing the Christian faith on to the next generation is crucial. We welcome and support families of all kinds to help kids of all ages build a faith that lasts. That's what we want to do. It's nothing new for us. For a long time now, Knox has been known for outstanding ministry to kids and youth. And we want to follow Jesus in that example. What I want to do today is explain why that value is so important to us. Why it's at the heart of what we do here at Knox. If you've been around church for a while or if you've been part of Knox for a while, you probably have a sense that kids occupy a particularly special place in the body of Christ. But you might not be able to spell out why. Why is that? Where does that come from? That's what I'm going to try and do today. So in what follows, I want to give three reasons why ministry with children and youth is really important in the church. You can all breathe a deep sigh of relief. No four reasons today, no five, just three. We're back to the norm, okay? It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a start. The three reasons are these. First, to cultivate gospel wonder. Second, to care for the vulnerable. And third, to sow seeds for the future. So those are three reasons we think it's important to invest in our ministries with children and youth, to cultivate gospel wonder, to care for the vulnerable, and to sow seeds for the future. So the first reason is to cultivate gospel wonder. Here's what I mean by that. How many of you know an adult who is childish? Raise your hand if you know an adult who is childish. As I said last hour, if you're thinking of your spouse, don't look at them because that will just make it worse, okay? Now, now, raise your hand if you know an adult who is childlike. Raise your hand if you know an adult who is childlike. Okay, so childish and childlike are very similar words, but they mean very different things, don't they? To be childish as an adult is a terrible thing. No one wants an adult who's immature, who pouts or throws tantrums. Sadly, they do exist. There are probably a few more of them than we would like. Um, and we all have our moments, of course. I, I'll tell the last worship service, so I'll tell you. Um, when Becca and I had been married for maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, we got into a fight. 
and I don't remember what it was about. We were out running errands and I didn't want to be running errands. And so this, for some reason, erupted into a huge fight. And I remember I looked at her and a fully grown man, I looked at her and I said, why can't we just do one thing that I want to do? It's not my finest moment, okay? If I had a time travel machine, I would go back in time and I would be like, whoa, dude, don't say that. Because someday you're going to have to stand up in front of a congregation and admit that you said a childish thing like that. And they're going to laugh, but you're going to feel bad. <laughs> now, fortunately, in God's mercy, Becca and I have moved past that. It was 15 years ago. And now we're, it's kind of a running joke between us. If one of us has to, you know, take the car in to have the oil change, we'll laugh about it and be like, ugh, why can't we do one thing that I want to do, right? But what a moment of childishness on my part, right? Childlikeness is different. Childlikeness is different. To be childlike as an adult is marvelous. And it means you retain a child's sense of wonder, a child's sense of curiosity, of joy and delight. This is amazing. Some of you know that um, this past summer, my family and I went on vacation to Michigan. We were right by the lake. We spent a lot of time at the beach, but I actually think the kids enjoyed the splash pad just as much. So if you don't know what a splash pad is, it's basically a big outdoor fountain with water shooting all over the place and the kids can put on their suits and run around and play in it. So every day we'd go to the beach and we'd get tired of going to the beach and then we would get ready to go home, which meant we would adjourn to the splash pad for another hour and a half. And it was glorious. My main memory is just sitting there next to my wife, watching the kids play, watching them enjoy the sunshine and the cool breeze and the brisk water and run around and yell and scream. There was so much joy in that moment, so much wonder in that moment. And they had it, but because I was there caring for the kids, it kind of rubbed off on me. I got to experience it vicariously. The Bible tells us that Jesus said anyone who wanted to enter, enter his kingdom had to become like a little child. And that means a lot of different things, but I think one thing it means is that we as adults need to hold on to that sense of wonder, of experiencing life as though it were new. It means we need to resist the cynicism and the hardness and the boredom that sometimes creep up on us in age. And when we serve children in Christ's name, when we get close to them and spend time with them, their wonder rubs off on us, doesn't it? So that's one reason we prioritize serving children and youth. A second reason we emphasize ministry with children is because we want to care for the vulnerable. We want to care for the vulnerable. Children are, of course, physically smaller and more vulnerable than adults. That's no surprise. But just as importantly, they're socially and emotionally more vulnerable as well. And Jesus cares about them for the same reasons he cares about the poor, about the disabled, about the homeless, about immigrants and refugees. They are a vulnerable group easily overlooked and easily exploited 
taken advantage of. And that means in turn that Jesus has a special care for them. Jesus cares about kids who have lost a parent or whose parents are going through a rough divorce. He cares about kids with anxiety and depression and mental illness. He cares about kids whose families can't keep the power on or put food on the table. And he cares about kids who have every material need met but lack love and tenderness. He cares about kids who are physically or emotionally or sexually abused. And he cares about LGBTQ kids who are kicked out of the house by their parents. When we minister to children and youth, we will find ourselves every once in a while caring for kids like that. Caring for kids going through that who are hurting or who have been hurt in all of their vulnerability and all of their beauty. And it's our privilege to be able to come alongside those kids in need and to serve them in the name of Jesus. The third reason we invest in ministries for youth and children is to sow seeds for the future. To sow seeds for the future. Whenever you minister to a child, whenever you spend time with a young person, whenever you take them out to coffee, whenever you play a game with them, take an interest in them, you are planting a seed. That's not like a, um, it's not like a dandelion seed that will grow up in your garden within two days. It's like a tree seed. You can tell I don't know a lot about plants. It's a tree seed and you plant it and it takes like a decade to grow, sometimes decades to grow. But if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you may be the one who sees some of the benefits of your ministry to children. I love the story about a pastor who, uh, whose congregation started to get a little bit irritated because there were babies crying in worship. And he just looked at them and, and said, now remember, the baby you hear crying right now is the person who's gonna come visit you in the nursing home. <laughs> what a reframe, right? And it's totally true. That's the way the body of Christ works. One hand washes the other. We care for kids now and they care for us later. Some of you know that um, maybe a couple months ago I gave a sermon on humility and I quoted something that a member of my church said to me when I was 17 or 18. And she had planted that seed in my head and it had just sat there until I was ready to preach that sermon. And my parents saw that sermon and we, they, they said to me, you know, that's, we know who said that to you. That's a woman named Pat Parsons. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Is she, is she, do you still know her? And they said, yeah, she goes to our church. She's still there. And I said, wow, that's cool. And they said, is it okay if we tell Pat Parsons <laughs> that she said this thing and it impressed you and you said it to your flock and now they know about it? And I said, yeah, please. Because it was a precious opportunity for her to see the way that seed had blossomed and come full circle. So now she knows that she said that thing that impressed me and I told all of you. Sometimes that's how planting seeds work. Sometimes we get to see them flourish and grow. Sometimes we don't. That's the way it works sometimes too. Sometimes it's someone else who's gonna see the fruit of our labor. Sometimes it's someone else who's gonna be blessed, someone else who's gonna be changed. And that's okay. 
Sometimes we approach ministry with kids or ministry in general like it's a fee-for-service activity, right? I'm gonna give X number of dollars and in return, I expect Y return on my investment. Well, that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is like being the sower in the parable where you scatter seed lavishly and you have faith in God to do what you would never be able to do by yourself. You plant seeds for the kingdom. A million years ago, in the fall of 1997, I arrived at Yale University as a college undergraduate. And when I got there, I was pretty unsure about my faith. I was pretty uncertain. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to church or even if I wanted to be a Christian. I could have gone either way, back into church or out of it. But there were some very patient and kind folks who ministered to me, especially those first couple years, and they really helped keep me in the church. They were from two organizations. One was the Lutheran Campus Ministry, where I was eventually baptized, and the other was the local chapter of InterVarsity, where I met some of my best friends. Next month, I'm going back out to New Haven. I'm going to see my friends Matt and Hannah, who I first met in an InterVarsity Bible study that year. And I don't know if those folks at Yale ever got to see what became of me. I think they'd probably be a little surprised, to be frank. But they planted seeds in my heart that grew and flourished. And the reason I'm here with you now is because of what they did. There have been a lot of people from this church that have come up, that have gone into ministry and have taken the love and the blessings we've given them elsewhere in God's kingdom. That's the way it works. We plant a seed and sometimes it grows somewhere else. So those are three reasons why we invest in children and youth here at Knox. In closing, I want to say a little bit about how we do so. How do we do so? Um, there's a lot of ways to invest in children and youth, but the first step is always pretty simple. Build relationships and listen. Build relationships and listen. That's it. So suppose you want to volunteer with our children's ministry here, Knox Kids. If you want a chance to build relationships and listen to kids, that is fantastic. We meet on Wednesday nights, we share a meal, you play some games, you get a little winded because you're older than you thought, and then you lead a simple teaching time. It's really easy, it's really hands-on. What's the most important part? Showing up consistently, making friends, building relationships, and listening. Now, it just so happens that our Wednesday night kids ministry is looking for more volunteers. So if you are feeling the Holy Spirit nudging you, please talk to Erin. She would be delighted to hear from you. You can also volunteer with our junior or senior high ministries. Those kids are a little bit older. They obviously have different sorts of questions. Guess what? Primary thing needed is the same. Build relationships and listen. So please volunteer with our junior or high, senior high ministries come to their weekly meetings, go on a retreat with them. I've told you before that sometimes for a young person, having one adult Christian friend is the difference between remaining in the church and leaving it. The difference between staying in faith and walking away. It's a huge gift. You can be that person for someone. Knox Presbyterian has always been a place where kids grow. 
We want to continue to be that sort of place in the future, but it's not going to happen through words on paper. It's going to take all of us working together. I'm going to close with this story. I heard a story the other day about a church out in California. They had done a big capital campaign to improve their facilities, multi-million dollar. It was very successful. They had a big, beautiful, brand new building. And as they were finishing up, like the week before they cut the ribbon, they found out that the lot right next door to the church, which had previously been vacant, had gotten sold. And it got sold to a developer. What's the developer going to do? He's going to develop it, and he's going to turn it into a residential plot. So there's going to be 250 housing units on this lot right next door to the church. People start thinking. So the next week, the pastor gets two phone calls on Monday, the very first day of the week. The first phone call, what does the person say? The person says, Pastor, have you heard about this new development? Yes, I have. Well, I think we need to build a fence. We need to build a big fence. We got to keep those kids out of our big, beautiful, brand new, new building. Because, you know, they're going to come in. It's going to be messy. They're going to use our stuff. We don't want to do that. What does the second phone call say? Second phone call says, Pastor, is there enough money left in our budget to build a sidewalk from the development to our church? Because I would love it if we could have the kids from over there come over to our church. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to belong to a sidewalk kind of church. A church that, like Jesus, takes kids, blesses them, and loves them. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.